What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Progress on Purpose podcast, where we believe in intentional, purposeful living. We are a community of people who seek to be intentional about how we think and behave towards an intended goal. Thank you so much for sticking with me. This is our fifth episode of the show in its first season entitled The Winning Season. In this season, we are discussing what it takes to prepare for and walk in your winning season or what is known to be the greatest season of your life. We all have a journey and when we live intentionally and make purposeful decisions and strategic moves, we can set ourselves on the path to live our best life, one that is fulfilling, enjoyable, and full of blessings. We are a community that believe in appropriate self-talk, thinking, and behaviors that promote us past our fears of being successful and move us to a place where we can reach every goal. Today is a solo episode and it is one that is near and dear to my heart because it is something that I experienced and I had to come through and had I not gone through it, I wouldn't have the mindset that I have today to be talking about progressing nothing. If you have been a listener on our show for a while, shout out to you. If you are new, you know that we do this segment called People Popping Out. This is the segment of our show where we highlight, celebrate, and give kudos to people in the media, whether that be mainstream or otherwise, who are living intentionally to make progress towards their goals, make strides in the community or in the lives of others. Today, I want to shout out Mr. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is doing his thing. For those of you who don't know, he is an American actor, writer, producer, and director. And in 2011, he was listed by Forbes as the highest paid man in entertainment, earning $130 million between May 2010 and May 2011. Many of us may know him for the character that he created and performed, Medea. But today I want to talk about just how amazingly awesome he is and what he has recently done. Mr. Perry has recently opened up his own studio in the city of Atlanta, Georgia, one that he both owns completely outright and operates exactly how he wants it to be done. In a recent interview, he said things like, I clearly believe that I'm ignored in Hollywood, for sure, and that's fine. I get it, Perry told Gail King in an interview for CBS This Morning ahead of the opening of his new film studio. He says, my audience and the stories that I tell are African-American stories specific to a certain audience, specific to a certain group of people that I know, that I grew up with, and we speak a language. Hollywood doesn't necessarily speak the language. A lot of critics don't speak the language. So to them, they're like, what is this? He says, I know what I do is important. I know what I do touches millions of people around the world. I know how important every word, every joke, every laugh is. I know what that does for the people where I come from and the people that I'm writing for. 
So yeah, I get that people don't understand me in Hollywood. And I just want to shout out Mr. Perry because he is so intentional in everything that he does. I can't get into his full backstory, but I know that he was homeless at one point, sleeping in his car, and he had a vision, he had a dream, he had a goal that he set in mind. If I could just have this one show, and even if nobody comes, I'm, I'm still going to progress on, I'm still going to do what I know in my heart to do. And he, if you know his story, he, you know that he built this company from the ground up. And so it is a celebratory moment um, in history to see that he has opened up his own studio. So shout out to you, Mr. Perry. You are our pop out of the week. So I want to get right into our topic for today um, because I don't want to be on here long. I do, however, need to talk about this because it is something that has been weighing on my heart for some time. And I also believe that it is the perfect opportunity to discuss it. Earlier on in media or in on the news, um, many of us saw that there was the um, hearing of the case for the woman the off-duty patrol officer in Dallas who entered the apartment of 26-year-old accountant Botham Jean. Um, she said that she mistakenly thought that it was her own apartment and she mistook Jean for a burglar and she shot and killed him. And so one year later on October, that just this October rather, um, she was found guilty of this murder. And on October 2nd, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And so on social media, there was a picture of um, Botham Jean's brother, Brant, hugging her. And a lot of people, I mean, people were so divided. You had people who said, how could he want to hug her? He, She killed his brother. And then you had other people who were like, you know, well, for, you know, forgiveness is for everyone and she deserves to be forgiven. And and then you have people who were kind of in the middle, right? They were like, um, yeah, she does, you know, need to be forgiven, but I'm not about to go hug her. And so I'm not here to make my position on what I would have done. But I do want to talk about um, this topic of grudges today because... Grudges can either, well, no, any type of grudge that we hold is only going to do damage to us. And so whereas we may look at Brant as someone who was this over the top Christian and, you know, walking next to Jesus and he's so perfect that he can hug the person that killed his brother. Um, and many of us feel like, oh, well, I can't, I'm not that saved. I can't really do that. Um, that's neither here nor there. The bigger piece is that he saw or had compassion for her enough to um, want to forgive her. And he himself did not want to hold a grudge against her. Now... God dealt with me over the summer about bitterness. Um, and this kind of goes into the story that is my testimony, but I went through some things. And because I went through some things, I was very bitter towards a particular person. And 
I held on to this grudge for a long time after being married, still holding on to it before being married, you know, working through it and going to counseling and getting over certain aspects of it. But there were, there was still this little nudge of bitterness that I was holding on to and a grudge that I was holding on to. And I honestly, I wasn't mature enough to even believe that, um, I would ever get to a place where I could forgive this person. Um, and so God dealt with me with this one thought. I was driving in my car and actually it was the day after, um, I had seen something on social media that con- that was including this person and it just like disgusted me the whole night, of course. Right. But the next morning when I was driving in my car, God said, and he dropped it in my spirit. He said, what if they repented already? And with that one thought, it literally transformed my entire mind and my thought towards this person. Like I said, prior to this moment, I was not mature enough to believe that that was even possible. I didn't believe that. And I didn't want to believe that this person could repent. This person could be forgiven for the horrible things that they had done to me. And I knew that I was a victim. I knew and I realized that I was a victim. And so as a victim, I only wanted to see myself vindicated because I had the victim mindset. And so the idea of repentance was not something that I thought was possible for them. Because to me, they were beyond repentance. Like, how could you repent for hurting me? How could you repent for doing the things that you did to me? Um, And in this moment with God in my car, he actually caused me to repent because I had been harboring feelings as a victim that were affecting so many areas of my life. Um, let's talk about the vent- the victim mentality real quick. So I looked this up because you know I like to do a little research. And I saw something that says the 11 signs of the victim mentality. Number one, they're constantly blaming other people or situations for feeling miserable. Check. I could check that off because that was me. They possess a... Life is against me philosophy. Check. I could check that off. And that was hindering me, but I'm going to get back to that. Number three, they think others are purposely trying to hurt them. Yep, that was me. Number four, they're cynical or pessimistic. Number five, they feel powerless to change their circumstances. Six, They enjoy sharing their tragic stories with other people. Those woe is me stories. And remember, and how could, and just check. Seven, they have a habit of blaming. Check. They have a habit of attacking and accusing those they love for how they feel. That was all part of number seven. Number eight, they're constantly putting themselves down. Lack of self-esteem. Number nine, they believe they're the only one being targeted for mistreatment. Number 10, they refuse to analyze their beliefs or improve their life. And 11, even when things go right, they find something to complain about. 
I found myself checking off majority of the things on this list. And I, I'm grateful for the moment that I had in the car because it helped me to see how those areas, those things that I just checked off were infiltrating so many areas of my life to the point where it was affecting me. It was affecting my relationships with others. It was affecting my relationships with uh, people that I work with, my husband, my, my daughter, just my family members, like every area of my life was affected because I had this victim mentality. And the bitterness that I was harboring didn't just stay by itself, but it brought its cousins fear, its cousin depression. And like I said, it infiltrated my new relationships, caused me to have anxiety attacks. Like I was having anxiety attacks like crazy. Um, And it was just affecting so many areas of my life, even when it came to areas with my husband as a, as a new a new wife, I was being and harboring things that were causing me to behave a certain way towards him. And this was a man who I prayed for and who God gave to me. And I'm grateful for him because he loved me through it all. And our relationship is even the more better, uh, even the more better. Yep. I made that up even the more better now. Um, but he, he endured that stuff with me and, It wasn't until I could let that idea of repentance resonate in me that I could begin to release the hurt. I already freed myself from self-guilt. And like I told you, I had gone to therapy to deal with my own whys and how I could let that happen and those types of things. But I hadn't released the person who hurt me. That was too hard. Even after therapy, I couldn't release it yet. And, and this is why I say I am a proponent for therapy. I really am. Um, I believe in therapy. I believe that you need to talk about some things. You need to get some things off your chest. You need a professional to talk to, not just Auntie and them. You need a professional. But I also believe in the power of prayer and letting God do the work. So, like I said, I needed God to do that. It was a true desire for me and a prayer of mine to be free. And because I had expressed that I wanted freedom, I had to be willing to go with and go through and do whatever was necessary for that freedom, even if it meant forgiving the person who hurt me and believing the possibility that they could have repented too and they could have been made free with God. And here I was harboring resentment towards them. So I want to put a pause right here and say this. If you are harboring something or if you are harboring feelings towards someone who hurts you and that person could be a parent, that person can be a child, one of your children. There are no exclusions, no exclusions in this. Oftentimes we'll hold on to something that someone did because we don't want to have the hard conversation. Mom, you hurt me. Dad, I didn't appreciate when I was such and such age and you 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 said this to me or you you did this to me or the way that you handled me in this particular situation 
when I came to you and I was scared, I didn't know what to think. You didn't handle me right. And it's affected me all this time. And I don't mean to say that, um, like you didn't know the best decision to make. And I understand that, but I still want to have this conversation with you because it's hurt me. And because it hurt me, it's affected me for so many years. So if this is you and you find yourself in this place, this message is for you. It's time for our pop tip of the week. And because we are talking about grudges, I think it's befitting that the pop tip this week will be to write down a couple of areas in your life that you know you want to fix. Things that you want to change. And I mean, I'm talking about emotional things now, not just, you know, I want to start a business, but something that is, um, an emotional change that you want to make. Maybe you are someone who are easily offended um, or you are someone who you find yourself always being hurt in situations where other people are like, what? I didn't really say anything. It's possible that your level of sensitivity is because of something that you're harboring or maybe you never forgave someone for something that was done to you in your younger years and it's spilling over into your life. So I just challenge you to evaluate your feelings this week. Write them down. Write down an area emotionally that you know you want to change. That's the first step to identify it. And then from there, identify what you can do about it. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to have a conversation with someone. Maybe you need to talk to a professional. Any of those areas, in in every one of those areas, it can help you be stronger and be better. So that's the pop tip of the week. Let's get back to the show. This is your message right here to know that if you truly want to be free, You have to do the work in terms of acknowledgement, but then also let God do the work in terms of helping you to be free. And right is right. And just because they're forgiven, it doesn't mean that, you know, the relationship needs to be kindled. Like I'm going to put, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to put my opinion out there. I don't know if I could go and hug the person who killed my brother. I forgive you, but I'm going to forgive you from a distance. Um, and I'm going to forgive you so that I could be free. But I don't know if I could hug you. I, I don't know if we need a relationship. And so just because you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you need to rekindle that relationship, right? We don't need to talk on the phone. We don't need to go out for dinner now. We ain't cool, but I forgive you. And I forgive you so that I could be free and so that you could be free. And um, someone has told me, you know, like you should let that person know that you forgive them. I'm not there. Mm -mm. Because guess what? That person is going on living their life, doing what they do. And I had to be free. So, I mean, that's just me. You're entitled to do what you want to do. But I'm not making any contact or communication with that person because... I don't want them to infringe upon my freedom. 
You don't have access to me anymore. I'm free. You go be free. And so before I could enter this new season of my life, my winning season, where I am free to love, I am free to create, I am free to grow, I am walking in freedom, I'm unafraid to love, I'm unafraid to try new things, I'm unafraid to dance, I'm unafraid to sing. I don't care what people think about me anymore. Before I had to get to that point, I had to forgive and forgo vengeance. Yeah. I wanted to see that person fall. And for me, that was revenge. But those same thoughts and that same energy and those same feelings were holding me back. Whereas this person's living a life. And so I came up with the top five reasons to forgive and to let go of a a grudge. Number one, forgiveness frees you. And so the question becomes, do you really want to be free? Is the person worth holding back your freedom, your peace of mind, your sanity? And if the answer is no, then free them, forgive them. Number two, forgiveness frees triggers. Things that are a trigger for you won't be a trigger anymore because you won't view things the same way that you viewed them before. When I was harboring bitterness and this grudge, I was, like I said, having anxiety attacks and there were so many things that would trigger. Like I could be talking to my husband and a trick, a trigger could come out of nowhere from a conversation and it will turn my whole attitude and he couldn't understand it. He's like, yo, what's up with you? But, and I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I later realized that there was a trigger there and it wasn't his fault. It was something that I had to deal with for me. Number three, Forgiveness allows you to have healthier relationships, which is pretty self-explanatory. And I don't just mean like, you know, domestic relationships, but even platonic relationships. Number four, forgiveness allows you to have less anxiety, stress, and hostility, which is pretty self-explanatory. Like once I truly, truly came to terms with, hey, maybe this person could have forgiven. And for me, that's what it was. It was the idea that um, maybe this person repented. That's what it took for me. For you, it may be something different, but whatever it is, once I came to terms with that, and since I've come to terms with that, I have not had an anxiety attack since. And that is a testimony because I was having them like crazy. Number five, Forgiveness allows for a stronger immune system. So when this um, situation first happened, about two months after I uh, relieved myself from the situation, I, I caught pneumonia. And I was out of work for three whole months. And the reason why I caught pneumonia was because my immune system was weak. And you know that you're one chemical structure. So if something is off balanced, it can affect a different part of your life or a different area of your health. 
And so for me, my immune system was affected and then I, and I had to suffer with pneumonia. Not because I went outside, you know, you know, when people say you went outside with your hair wet, which really isn't the truth, but, um, I didn't do something crazy to, to, to catch pneumonia, I developed pneumonia because of a, a weak immune system because my body was under so much stress and I was harboring so much inside of me. I was dealing with so much. But and at the same time, trying to repair my life, trying to pick up the pieces, trying to find normalcy again. And my body was like, wait a minute. So I know the question then becomes, how do you forgive someone? So I researched seven ways to do that. Number one, come to terms with what happened. Allow yourself to acknowledge or deal with that pain and then start the process of healing. Got to come to terms with what happened. Yep, this happened. I did that. They did that. Deal with that pain. Feel that pain. Experience that pain. It hurts you. But you know what? And in experiencing it, you won't let that happen again. And let the let the process of healing begin for you. That may be therapy, meditation, prayer, you know, self self-care in some way, shape, or form. For me, I took trips. So once a month I took a trip by myself or with somebody that I, you know, asked to come with me, but most of them were by myself. And it was a way for me to heal to find normalcy again, to redevelop strong relationships. Number two, share your feelings. Talk to somebody about it. A grudge can form when an issue is not fully confronted. And that's true. Sometimes it's not stuff that people have done to us that's so bad, but sometimes it's the unspoken things, like the lack of communication or you didn't confront someone when they did something to you or said something about you and now you're harboring feelings that nine times out of ten they don't even realize you have so share talk about it if if you have the capacity to or if it's a relationship that you feel comfortable talking to that other person with number three and this is what did it for me switch places how would you feel if you were in their shoes I knew that I wanted God to forgive me and I would never want to be in a position where because I didn't forgive someone, God wouldn't forgive me. I knew also that if I could repent, so could they. And so that did it for me. Number four, accept what it is. It is what it is. Number five. Don't dwell on it. I feel like accept what it is and don't dwell on it kind of go together. Don't don't intentionally dwell on it. Maybe you need to do some other practices, uh, self-talk or um, affirmations or keep your mind busy. You know, I always like to say the idle mind is the devil's playground. Like if you are not keeping your mind busy and doing things that are productive, it'll easily put you in a space where you can find your mind wandering and dwelling on things that you really should not dwell on. You have the power. We have the power to tell our mind, no, stop. Mm -mm, I'm not, I don't want to think about that. Nope. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna change my, I'm gonna read a book. I'm gonna do something, watch some TV. I got to get my mind to a place where it's not on this. 
And at first you may have to do it intentionally until it becomes second nature. Number six, take the positive. Look on the other side. Look at who you've become or you can be on the other side. And this was a part of something that I did when I was in my healing and in, in my healing time. And not to say that I'm, I have arrived, but this is definitely a, some one tip that I take. I look at the positive of everything. What did it teach me? What did I learn from this experience? Who am I now that I've had this experience and who can I help? Um, number seven, let it go. 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 On Sunday, um, Pastor Justin Coleman from New Life Deliverance Worship Church in New or North Brunswick, New Jersey, he was talking about olive oil. And he had this illustration where he took the olives, green olives, and he squeezed them. And he was illustrating how olives have to be crushed um, before we can get go through the process and several processes to get to the oil. But one of them is crushing. But prior to them being crushed, prior to them going through the crushing and the beginning process of creating the oil, which is what the final product is that's so valuable that we want, you know, to be, those olives got to be cleaned out. And so I liken that to the process of letting it go. Prior to you stepping into your winning season, prior to you stepping into a place where you are free, you have to, we have to let things go. And and the word let means allow. Allow those things to go. You have the power. We have we are the only people that have the power to hold on to stuff. Like when you really think about it, it's us. We have the power to keep it or we have the power to let it go. And so allowing ourselves to let it go will allow us to live in our best season. And so I'm wrapping up this this um this episode with the thought that if you find yourself in a place where you are harboring a grudge with someone, you are harboring bitterness and it is preventing you from living your best life. If it's preventing, and I know it is not even if it's preventing you from living the dream life that you, you choose to live because you can't think straight. You can't think clear. You cannot make good decisions. If you are harboring this kind of energy, if there is no way you are functioning, but you are like a functioning addict. You are like someone who is just going through the motions because you don't have a, a clarity and pureness. Um, and I say this to you. Because I had to do this. So I know this from experience. Allow yourself to forgive yourself. Allow yourself to forgive others. And let that grudge go. So that you could live your best life. So that you could walk in your winning season. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Progress on Purpose podcast. Please, please, please continue to be a part of this community of Intentional, purposeful living. 
Um, kindly subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Also, please share this podcast with others by hitting that share button on your listening platform. So that means if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Google Play, please hit that share button and send it to somebody. Somebody need to hear this message today. They need to hear the message today. They send it to them. You know, you know who Yep, that person right there in your mind. Send it to them. Yep. I don't care if it's your mother. I don't care if it's your father. I don't care if it's your child. You might need to listen to it again. But please, please, please share. Today's show is too good to keep to yourself. Let's continue to grow together. I love y'all. I admonish admonish you to keep making progress on purpose through intentional, purposeful living. See you next week.